Welcome to Life 360 with Tim Jacobs. Get ready for your 30-minute shot of non-stop discussion about the issues that matter most on the journey of following Jesus. Life 360 with Tim Jacobs takes you to the intersection of faith and life, gospel and culture, and helps you make sense of it all. Now, here's your host, Tim Jacobs. Welcome, Valley of the Sun. Tim Jacobs here. A self-proclaimed Islamic terrorist turned born-again Christian and now co-author of the brand new thriller, The Coalition. Kamal Salim is my guest on Life 360 with Tim Jacobs here on 1280 KXEG, The Trumpet. And he joins me now. Kamal, how are you today? Uh, Tim, I'm uh, doing well, and thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to be with you. Absolutely. There's a lot, I'm sure, that people want to know about you, your story, your life. But I want to get it out there real quick. If people want to know more about you, they can go to coomministries.com. Is that right? That's correct. That's K-O-O-M-E, uh, next word, no spaces, ministries, plural, dot com, yes. Great. And they can get the book at Amazon.com, they can get it at Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. It makes a great gift for anyone in your life who is concerned about what is going on in our world, especially in the area of Islamic extremism. And what I want to talk to Kamal about today, uh, among many other things, is stealth jihad and how that theme comes through in your book. But um, Kamal, you teamed up with retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin to write this new thriller. And in many ways, it's not just fiction. There's a lot of reality in there. Can you give us an overview of the book and kind of what inspired you guys to write it? Absolutely. General Jerry Boykin and myself, we were, you know, uh, sheer enemy. We were just enemy of one another. And if we had encountered each other anywhere, we would have killed each other, no doubt. I'd have killed him, and he would have killed me. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, and but today, both of us are uh, ministers of the gospel, of uh, you know, and uh, both of us uh, reconciled uh, our past, and now we are working together because I was speaking on one platform to expose that uh, nightmare that is taking place in America and what for for what reason, and he was fighting this from uh, anti-terrorist you know uh, units and what so have you. As you know, he's a Delta Force, uh, one of the founder of uh, Delta Force. So with this, uh, we united together to speak on this because our media started failing us and uh, our, our politicians. Just as you saw last night, you know, Boehner signing, you know, uh, a bill and what so have you. Uh, what happened is uh, uh, they're, they're selling for the highest, uh, for the higher price and selling everything they have. That's why we put there to expose all this that the media is not putting there or our politician fighting. And But this book particularly deals with the area of Islamic extremism and how that is occurring in many ways behind the scenes more than what people would think. Give us a brief kind of overview of, of what's going on in the plot. I, I don't want to give away too much. I read the book. I loved the book. But uh, I don't want to give too much away. So, so tell us what you would want us to know without, uh, before we go out and get the book. Well, this, uh, this book project in the next five years uh, what we think may happen in the United States of America. Several European nations are falling for Islamic extremism and Islam becoming the majority. And now they're bound uh, to the power of Islam, and America is the final frontier. And they're trying to bring and destroy the United States of America. And uh, so, therefore, this uh, speak about the things that I've done in my life personally and what General Jerry uh, Boykin did in his life personally. Of course, he's, he's famous and I'm infamous, you know, from, uh, from my perspective. And uh, so, therefore, uh, we came together. Uh, I mean, uh, the, uh, 
we were trying, you know, something was happening over there, a plot against the United States of America. We put possible plot that will, may take place in the United, uh, United States uh, in the near future. So, therefore, uh, a special organization rose up. They are American, good American people, and from all over the world, joining together to replace what America used to be and face, face that nightmare that we're seeing. Can you explain for us... The, the basis of this a little bit, because, for example, the OIC, it goes back several decades and really kind of a response to the fall of the caliphate. I think the reason why, and you guys do a good job in your book of kind of talking about the blindness of Americans to, to, the, to the agenda of many people who are Islamic extremists, what, can you give us a little background as to where all this comes from? Most of us are completely ignorant to the idea of the caliphate and the, the desire to restore that. Uh, thank you. That's an awesome question, uh, Brother Tim. And, and the reason that is is because uh, nobody talk, is talking about it. You know, uh, today the infiltration of our seventh sphere of power and influence in the United States of America have been penetrated uh, by the Islamic extremists. And when we say Islamic extremists, we're talking about Muslim Brotherhood. Muslim Brotherhood has different front names like CARE, Council American Islamic Relation. ISNA, Islamic Society of North America, uh, Muslim Student Association, Muslim Student Union, uh, Muslim Brotherhood, uh, Muslim American Society. All these are front end for the Muslim Brotherhood. And just recently, uh, the United Arab Emirates uh, and Saudi Arabia, and with the coalition of uh, uh, Egypt, they declared these organizations are terrorist organizations and going after them. And that's why we saw what happened. These people killed the American women uh, in a bathroom in Dubai. But these organizations, upon the fall of the Ottoman Empire in 1924, this organization came, it was birthed out of Egypt, you know, and it's, it's the Muslim Brotherhood, and it was the jurisprudence of Islam. We know that Islam is only 14% religion, and the rest of it is a fullness of government constitution, from military to weapon to uh, uh, judicial to civic to every level of structure of society, you know, to, to control and uh, mitigate Islamization. So therefore, what happened, this organization is uh, made promise to bring back the caliphate, meaning the man who will take the place of Muhammad, the prophet of Islam. And when we talk about radical Islam, you know, how Muhammad started, it's uh, what, what we see with ISIS today, it's verbatim. This is what has taken place in the past, and now this is rising up. So therefore, by establishing the caliphate, they must establish Islamic Sharia law, Islamic constitution over all nations, specifically United States of America, and and uh, by and su uh, subjugating and sabotaging its culture from within by its own people, indoctrinating the American people and destroying the uh, the the nation by the hand of those who withstand America and their hand together. And when they do this, they will establish what's so called Ummah. One world, uh, one nation under Allah, which is the Islamic State. Now, this is quite an ambition that they have. But as you say, it really comes from what they feel they lost back in 1924. There is this desire to regain it. Is that correct? Absolutely. And now we see Turkey is rising up and asking for that specific place to, read, to lead the Muslim Brotherhood and lead ISIS and unite the Islamic radical movement. And uh, we are seeing it happening even in the United States of America, where our government united with the Muslim Brotherhood and doing advancement 
in the United States and abroad and uh, bringing the wall of security to the United States where the enemy are within our nation today. Now we're talking with Kamal Saleem, co-author of the new thriller, The Coalition, available in stores everywhere. This is a novel that is really designed to bring out what is going on under the surface around the world. Now I got to tell you, Kamal, just, I, and I want you to, to, to help me understand this because our listeners are hearing this and some of them are rolling their eyes and they're saying, here we go again. Here's a guy who's, who's a conspiracy theorist. Here's a guy who's obviously saying a, st- a lot of things that could be interpreted as hateful towards Muslims. Um, you were once a Muslim yourself, and I want to make sure people understand the difference because you yourself have a desire to be able to love and reach Muslims. Is that correct? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, it's the third leg of our ministry is to reach out and redeem Ishmael and the promise that God uh, you know, gave to Abraham and bring that promise through, through Christ Jesus to uh, redeem the Muslim to the love of Christ and you know, and uh, and to their self, I, I used to be their prince, and they loved me very much. And I've done, um, I've done great work for Islam, until I converted to Islam. Muhammad says, "Whomever convert from Islam, kill him. Even if you are Christian or Jew, and you converted to Islam, and you convert back to your religion, you must you condemn to death. You know by Sharia law. So therefore, what happened? It is it is their duty." To destroy everything if they could not destroy uh, they could not destroy my message so what happened they just trying to destroy my character and by doing so what happened they can prevail over what they're trying to accomplish and subdue the message that I'm talking about. Now, what do you say about the millions of, of Muslims that we have living in America right now who maybe fled some of that Islamic tyranny, and they're trying, they're, they're trying to make a way in America. They don't necessarily want to take part in jihad, so to speak. At least that's the impression that we have. I have Muslims in my life who are, who are friends of mine, who are people that, that are, serve alongside me you know, in terms of the community. And, and you, we don't want to take uh, a, a skeptical tone towards our, our friends in the Islamic community. Can, is there a, how do we separate in, in, in for ourselves? How do we separate those who say, you know, they're just trying to become Americans. They're trying to live in freedom. They want a good life for their children. And those that you're characterizing in the book to say, hey, they really have a, a hidden agenda. Can you help unpack that a little bit for me? Yeah, that's an amazing—I I wish everybody asked those questions that you asked. You are— uh, born to do this, and uh, people like you should be really supportive with understanding. And uh, and so, therefore, what happened is uh, we have three kind of uh, Muslims in here in the United States. The first kind is the uh, the the moderate Muslims. The moderate Muslims are uh, these people. They don't want Sharia law. They don't want uh, you know all this radical Islam, and they are standing here. Uh, you know, for a better future, better hope. But then we have the minority radical that they're trying to control uh, all these uh, moderate Muslims. And these uh, radical, how do we separate between the two? We ask a Muslim, do you think Sharia law should be part of the Islamic Constitu- uh, American Constitution? If they said yes, know that they are fighting for jihad and they're trying to change our nation. But here's what's happening. The other part is a lot of these moderate Muslims are being uh, indoctrinated in the American mosque, which is owned, the majority of these mosques, over 90% owned by Sufi and Wahhabi, you know, uh, imams, which is, you know, radical Muslims. And today they are teaching the uh, radical uh, agenda and, and doctrine of Islam, and therefore they're taking these men, after they recruit them in the mosque, just as I was recruited when I was a little boy, and I put it in the book, uh, what happened is they are indoctrinated with hate, 
to the point they are joining ISIS, that they are fighting like we see the Sternian uh, 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 brothers in, in Boston. The, what they did, they killed American. And then uh, we see Majid uh, Nidal Hassan in Fort Hood. All these have the same thing. So the, the, the Islamic uh, radicalism is taking place in the mosque in the United States of America. And the best example, we look at Nolan and Moore, Oklahoma. He was, uh, he was recruited uh, right there, converted in the jail system. He's a black African-American, and they thrived on his weaknesses, and then they put him in a, in a mosque, and they uh, indoctrinate him in a mosque to the point he beheaded one woman, and he was beheading the other woman. Mm-hmm. And as he was doing the, uh, this, he was shot. This is what we have to worry about, that uh, they are not lacking people, and this jihad is taking place here in our very own streets. And yet when... This is brought up, it's, ca- it's cast aside or it's characterized as, well, this is a one-off, this is a lone wolf, this is a guy with mental problems. You, one of the lines in your book that stood out to me was in one of the characters that really follows your experience up to a certain point is the character Omar. And you write this, Omar still marveled at the gullibility of Americans, or perhaps they just believe what they chose to believe. In any case, their stupidity was a priceless asset in global jihad. Absolutely. And... You know, and we must understand there are no lone wolves. Uh, we must understand that, you know, these people have an agenda and they want to kill us. Just like what, what we saw, what CARE did just recently. They just put my name and General Jerry Boykin out in the open that they are, you know, we are most wanted by the Muslims, our Islamophobe. So therefore, they tried to create this uh, nightmare to take their enemy out, you know, here in the United States of America. And then what happened is, the American people always are listening, you know, uh, they entertain other thoughts, but they don't understand that the, uh, these radical theology is to bring deception in a, in a grand deception that nobody has understood to the point is to, to, to say we are people just like you, we worship the same God, and this is only to fulfill the Great Commission of Islam, where Muhammad says, Inni umertu an al-shu'ub. I have been commended by Allah to war and kill the people of the world until everyone says, La ilaha illallah wa Muhammad Rasulullah. There's no God but Allah and Muhammad is prophet. And he said, if they're not concede to you, then you have the right to their family, to their home, to their children, to their finances, to their lands, to their government, to every aspect of life, including their finances. So when we came to the United States of America, we came looking for our you know, uh, inheritance. This is what Allah gave us as an inheritance. And when the Islamists came to the United States of America, they tried to model this specifically, you know, with the, with, with the nicest things ever, the empathy and the sympathy to coexist. But that would be the sword that would take America down, just like what's happened in Denmark and England and France and throughout the European continent. And it's so hard because the seeds of that are in our Western culture, because even as Christians, we are people who want to forgive and want to reach out and want to love. And certainly in your story, those Christians who reached out to you and were part of your conversion had that graciousness in them to receive you as you were. You know, we often say we accept you the way you are, but we love you too much to leave you that way. And we just, as as Christians, we have that that in us. But then also as Americans, we just see the best in people people, and we give people the benefit of the doubt, and that's wonderful and great, but that can also be very dangerous because it is used by those who have nefarious uh, plans to, uh, against us. Absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely correct. You know, uh, we, we really need to discern and, uh, and read between the lines, but nevertheless, 
We could not be scared of Muslims. We got to engage Islam head on and let them know that we love you uh, because Christ loved you. Christ died for you. We got to love them the same love, but that this love got to be real. And it's going to be just like you love your child, that you correct your child when he's wrong. And that's the kind of love we need to bring. We'll invite you to be part of our life and civilization if you want to be part of us. But if you want us to assimilate to you and you want to change our very own way of life, then you can go to any nation in the world and live your own life over there and celebrate it where it, Islam is practiced. You know, So we could not allow this radical Islam to, uh, to make us their slave and they become our masters, which is part of the Islamic agenda. But I like what you said earlier, and it's one of the first times I've ever heard that, defining the difference between the different types of, of Muslim individuals that we have living in America. Because if there's one mistake that we can't make, uh, Kamal, we cannot make the mistake of just we see someone who's wearing the hijab or we see someone who's coming out of a mosque or who uh, who professes Islam and automatically make an assumption that they are part of this larger scheme. And I think that's a, a great mistake that I'm concerned about some of my brothers and sisters making out of fear. And you're right. The last thing we need to do is be afraid. Rather, we need to engage them with love. And have you seen that in your experience as well? That's a brilliant explanation. Just the way you explain it, because we got to look at uh, Islam today. Until this day, nobody understood why 9-11 took place. 9-11 was the fall of the Ottoman Empire upon, you know, trying to enter, you know, uh, Europe. You know, the, the, the besieged Vienna, uh, that was on September 11, uh, 1683. Uh, and they besieged Vienna and tried to destroy it, and they were defeated by a small number of, uh, you know, a European group that they stood in the name of the Most High God, and they fought it over 250,000 uh, radical, you know, that they came to destroy Europe. And so, but we saw the, we see what happened is symbolism, it's very important to them, and they want to integrate with you. So when you talk to them as an American, right away, and they're wearing the hijab or wearing this, many times, if they start, you know, if they're radical, they will start using you right away. For example, look what had happened at the National Cathedral in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On 11-14-14, uh, what happened, the imam stood there and he declared, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. He declared and anointed and sanctified the National Cathedral that is chosen to be the, the, the uh, you know, uh, uh, a, a principle, you know, principle for United States of America. But what he declared on that date, you know, Allah is here and He's greater than your God, and Muhammad, there's no God but Allah, Muhammad, His Prophet. And by doing this, now the Muslim must take over that cathedral because it's a holy land, uh, and he prayed over there. And on the same day, what happened? They prayed also at the uh, House of Representatives, where Boehner stood there and he allowed the Imam to pray, and he declared curses against the Jews and the Christian by reading from the first book of the Quran, and he declared it's those that they are perverted, the Christians, and those that they are accursed, the Jews. So what happened, and he stood there and he declared Allah, you know, is the, 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 the Lord of that place. So the Muslim must conquer the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the state capital now, because the imam stood there. And why do we know this? This is on 11-14-14, This is when Turkey declared a holy war against the Christian and Jews in Europe. And this is when they uh, genocide over uh, 12 to 13 
million Armenians. Uh, they destroyed this, this nation, period. And uh, they starved them to death. They killed many of their men and what so have you. And this is when World War Three was declared. And 9-11, nevertheless, it was a declaration of World War Three as well. And America still until now have not come to understand what took place, you know, Pearl Harbor was, uh, you know, was hit by the Japanese fascist, you know, or, you know, government, and they declare World War II on us. Islam hit our economic center, symbol of power of the United States of America, declaring World War III against us. And what was so fascinating about that, I, I looked at that event, and I said to myself, you know, if uh, uh, nature abhors a vacuum, and what I mean by that is that when, when Christians lose their message, and they have nothing to say, somebody who does have something to say is going to move right in. And you'd see the leaders of the National Cathedral saying, you know, we don't have much to say, so we'll let these guys come in and let them say what they want to say. And, and, and as much as I disagree with that message, absolutely is what you're saying, these guys are passionate. And one of the challenges, and it does come through in your book as well, is there really is a conflict, and there is a difference between— we, these, are, these are two worlds that are really fundamentally incompatible. In fact, you were mentioning the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. On, if you just go to Wikipedia— and it, it's interesting. It says back in 1990, they, they adopted the Cairo Declaration on Human Rights to serve as guidance for the member states in matters of human rights in as much as they are compatible with Sharia law. So we'll adopt human rights in as much as they are compatible with Sharia. And I think most people, they just want to turn a blind eye to that. Uh, you're, uh, you're a brilliant man. I should be taking with me on a road. We speak at university, churches, synagogues. You're the one who should be speaking about this. People need to hear your voice, uh, Brother Tim. We are talking with Kamal Saleem, co-author of the new thriller, The Coalition, a book that's available at Amazon.com, bookstores, everywhere. Um, Frank Gaffney, Center for Security Policy, wrote about your book. He said, this is a story that could unfold tomorrow. And really, it is a story that in many ways is happening uh, as, as we speak in, in small ways, but in very many different iterations. One of the thing, interesting things, too, you mentioned the OIC, but there's also the United States Council of Muslim Organizations, which is, and, and again, you put this in the book, and I thought, okay, they made this up. And I looked and see, to see that it was it's actually an Islamic political party that was established just this year in July of 2014. That's right. You know, uh, what I spoke about, we wrote this book as a fiction, and, uh, and the reason why we talk about uh, fiction, so we can use the artistic licensing, you know, in this, and bring reality, uh, you know, into something that we can knit it to model the possibility of things what will take place. What I came to do, I was explaining everything that I, I was talking about in the book is this is what I came to do. I was part of these people. I was part of their group. And that's why they hate people like me and like General Jerry Boykin, because we are shining the light, you know, on that dark, uh, dark uh, situation that is trying to, to, to annihilate our nation once and for all. And once America falls, then the whole world will be open for grab for Islam, and the whole world will not be safe from the hand of Muslims. That's why American, uh, you know, when when they watched and fought and they stood all over the world, you know, America fought for all nations, and they stopped that radical Islam. Today, if we take the same stand with ISIS, instead we're spitting on them from our airplane, we can change the world, because if we don't, they're going to be coming to our streets here in the United States of America, just like Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi said, I will see you in New York. 
next things will happen here in the United States. Absolutely. And yet, you know what I appreciated so much about the book? And again, I don't want to give give the story away, but it really is a story similar to what your story is. With all of the radicalism that's there, and you yourself came, you yourself came with that vision to say, I, I'm going to claim my inheritance. I want, I want to be part of imposing Sharia. I want to be part of this spread of Islam all over the earth and fulfilling your duty to Allah. And, and yet, what did it for you? More than anything else, when you came to, to bring conquest, you were responded to with love, and that was eventually the turning point in your life. Yeah, amen to that. I was terrorized by love. Hmm. Uh, these, you know, when I came to United States of America to, to bring her down, and we were very successful, but there's a God that watched over this nation, and his name is Yahweh, and he is amazing God. And Allah... God of Islam and Jehovah God Almighty are not the same God. Why do I know this? Because one gave me life and one was trying to take my life. Mm. One gave me hope and promise and one stole my inheritance. One gave me grafting into the sonship of, of his calling and one made me an orphan man. The difference between the two are vast. So when I came, you know, and they took me into their home, these three Christian men, and they start loving on me unconditionally. I saw something new, which is called unconditional love, that I had never experienced in my life, and that was free. And I know that nobody can give something like this except creator of heaven and earth. But when I looked at both gods, one of them, saw, he said, I so loved the world. And once he said, I saw, you know, if the whole world was worth a net leg to me, I'd have destroyed the world time and time again. Mm-hmm. So, so what was given and what was taken, and one. When I came and I watched these men, how they treat their women, women in Islam is, uh, is not even equal to the man. She is second citizen, and the man has the right to marry for and kill the woman if she dishonor him. And I'm watching how the equality between the two and how they tra- taught their children to be honest and sincere. And when I, my eyes were open for the first time in my life because the light of God was dwelling in their home, and that's what changed my life. Absolutely. And what I try to do as a radio host and as a pastor as well is try to help people understand the difference between the United States and Christianity. They are not the same. And there will be times that our country is called upon to go engage in battle against nations and ideologies that threaten us. But as Christians, the way that we fight is not with the sword. We fight with love. We fight with the love of Jesus. And that's really what turned you around. And that's what I want people to know when it comes to engaging our Muslim friends and neighbors, regardless of how passionate they are, because if it could work for you, it could work for them. Well, the hour has never been better than history, uh, 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 in our history. What happened is, uh, I heard on Al Jazeera TV, statistic by the Islamic censor, every hour of every day, uh, 667 Muslims are converting to Christ. Wow. 17, 16 to 17,000 every day. Every year, t- uh, you know, 6 million in, in 10 years in sequence. So when I saw this, I came to know that what the Lord said in the book of Ezekiel, in the last days, he will pour out his spirit. Mm. And the time has never been better than this. And many radical like me at one time, today they are giving their life to Christ. And these guys will not be afraid to face the giants, because these giants are our breakfast if we face them head on. God has given us victory, and we are fighting for victory and not for victory. So uh, we got to notice who we are and know what God is doing and know that Christ, when he came to me, when I gave my life to him, he said, I told him I will give my life to you. He said, I have given my life to you. You know, you don't have to offer yours. You know, we are ambassadors chosen by him. 
and he loves us, and he is the only true living God that cares for his people. Absolutely. Kamal Salim, it has been such a privilege and a pleasure to spend some time with you. The book is The Coalition. It is a thriller in bookstores everywhere. Perfect to put on your Christmas list, especially for anyone who's interested in world affairs, in Islamic extremism and geopolitics, and a really interesting read. The characters are fascinating as they kind of make their way towards each other from opposite ends of the spectrum. And there's some interesting twists in that book. And certainly, I'd say you guys are set up for potentially um, even more novels to follow in this series. But Kamal, it has been such a privilege. Thank you so much for for being with me today on Life360 with Tim Jacobs. Thank you, uh, Pastor Tim. It's an honor to be with you, and I look forward to serve you again. You've been listening to Life360 with Tim Jacobs. Make sure you follow Tim on Facebook.com slash Pastor Tim Jacobs or on Twitter at Tim G. Jacobs. Join us again next week at 4 p.m. as we cross the intersection of faith and life, gospel and culture, and get all we can out of the life God has given us.